welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus and the everyday normal rhythms of life. And I've got all the guys with me on the podcast. Yeah. So gentlemen, would you say hello to our listeners? Yeah, this is Rob Spikes, your pastor of discipleship. Kevin Kenora, pastoral assistant. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. All right. And uh, we've been uh, answering quite a few uh, listener questions as of late, but uh, this week we we had a free week, and so Kevin asked me if uh, what was on my mind, what was on my heart, and I had a couple things come to mind. And um, the first one is let's talk about Brilliant. fat pastors. Ooh. <laughs> All right, let's talk about fat pastors. Fat pastors, pastors, pastors about you know, that was, that you was got people that think like a snicker out here. You know, like <laughs> fat pastors. Okay, so actually, we're going to talk about more than just fat pastors. Um. Here's my, here's what I'm thinking. We live in, arguably, the most decadent society that has ever existed. Now, in most societies, there have always been, you know, the rich and the poor. And, you know, you go back to ancient Rome and, and the wealthy, the wealthy class. That was a decadent society there as well. Uh, the Romans were famous for having vomitoriums where you could eat as much food as possible, go to a vomitorium, throw up, and go back and eat more food. Wow. Right? Buffet. Yeah. That's more than a buffet, man. Imagine Ryan's <laughs> with a buffet, but then they got a bathroom you go in to vomit. Oh, all right? Man. To go back to the table. You could sit there all day long and never stop eating. Ugh. Right? And then on top of that, they were sexually decadent as well. It was known that men, most, if you're a wealthy man, that you had um, multiple mistresses. You had what they called um, toy boys, mm -hmm. where you had um, either male children or effeminate males that would uh, you could, you know, experiment sexually on and such. And there was just a very decadent uh, society. Well, I think our society is more decadent than that society in the fact that nearly everyone mm. can experience basically that level, that... that Greco-Roman level of dec that that rich upper class Greco-Roman of decadence, nearly every person in our society today can can experience that via yeah. internet is what you're referring to via not just internet so so sexually of course I mean no they, those Greco-Romans couldn't yeah. even imagine the debauchery that we have available to us at, at our fingertips through through the internet but you could be a um, you could be on you know, government welfare, and you can still go to the store in a lot of places and buy shrimp and buy lobster steak. and buy steak. And, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so the, the richness of our food, or maybe, I don't, you know, Burger King or yeah. McDonald's, right? Like yep. for, the, for that matter. And, um, and, and so through our, just the, the food that we eat, the drinks that are available to us, sugary, sweet, yeah. pops, all these different things like the caloric intake. Mm -hmm. If you just count caloric intake, we have the ability to, to you know, mm -hmm. most Americans. I mean, mm -hmm. this is a little bit of a judgment here, but when most of the time when you see someone begging on the side of the road, they're overweight. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to make that, that call. Like, yeah. you, you don't see, like, you go to Kenya and you see people begging in the, and they're emaciated and they're like, 
oh my goodness, this person might might die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most people that are begging for food, I'm like, ah, right. that guy can last a couple months, I bet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not on a loan. <laughs> See how long they can last. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe another word could I throw out? Another word, maybe yeah. indulgent. Okay. Would be yeah, another yeah. word yeah. that we could use as well. Okay. But even think like with style nowadays. I mean, there's so many people like um, before you could really tell by the clothes they wear and things like that, mm-hmm. okay, this person's very wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but now with the internet and so much, I mean, so many visuals that you can see, now the poor look just like the rich. They can, yeah. yeah. So but here's my my contention, my, my idea, or my thoughts. So God built the world in such a way. So when I say that, I mean there is a design, there's an order mm-hmm. and a design to creation. And let me just call that you could call it, some people call it a natural law. Mm-hmm. Some people call it, and I'm going to call it just a sacred order. Mm. There's a sacred order to things. Yeah. Okay. And so let's just put it like this. When we had to go out and till the ground and plant crops mm-hmm. and harvest the crops and chop wood to heat our houses, right? right? All of those things were manual labor and you put manual labor in. And then when you harvest it, you got food and so while you're working to survive, right, mm-hmm. just working to eat, mm-hmm. you are exercising. Mm-hmm. You're getting fit. You're burning calories, sure. et cetera, right? Well, obviously, we've reached a level and a stage of society to now, well, that, that's no longer the case. So we, we, most Americans consume far more calories than we actually exert, right? right? Um, and so God's built the world in such a way that decadence and uh, indulgence sickens the soul, okay? Sickens the, the human body. Yeah. So we're meant, we see it through the scriptures, we're meant to feast and then fast, right? Mm-hmm. We're even take a, a, you know, a Sabbath rest and we're, we're to let the land rest for a Sabbath rest and, and there's this feasting and, fa- and fasting. There's this working and there's this resting. Yeah. We're not meant to just consume, 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 consume. Yeah. And it's been historically known that being consumers and indulging like that makes you soft, mm-hmm. right? And that's true both physically, that's true mentally, and I think that's true spiritually, mm-hmm. okay? And so what was happening in, like, if you go back to, like, the Greco-Roman times, there was this rise of this uh, philosophy called asceticism. Mm-hmm. And it, there's, a think, asceticism is a big range and a spectrum of beliefs, but Basically, it was rejecting things that are soft, rejecting comfort, rejecting easy for the hard life, mm-hmm. right? right? And they saw value in the hard life sure. and value in the strenuous life, okay? Mm-hmm. And so philosophers of this would, would, I mean, they would do, some of them would do crazy things, but some of them would just, some of them were like warrior poets. They were like what we would think of as almost like bodybuilders and philosophers at the same time. So if you go back and look at like gr- Greek sculptures of the philosophers, they were yoked. They were just jacked dudes. Ronnie Coleman. <laughs> okay. Now listen, so Christianity kind of comes in into its own during this time. And there's some overlap with some ascetic mm-hmm. principles. Okay. Paul talks about um, making his body his slave. Yeah. Right. Submit. Yeah. And so let me, let me read that. Let me read that scripture to you. In uh, 1 Corinthians 9, it says, Paul writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one 
receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. So he's yeah. talking about be the fastest guy out there, right? Mm-hmm. Be the hardest runner. Be the, you know, okay, keep going. Verse 25. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I'll just take wrestling because wrestling was around back then. And wrestling required, still does require incredible discipline. You have to focus on everything that you put in your body. You got to focus. You're not just wrestling. You're running. You got to watch what you eat, Mm -hmm. all these different things. Any fat on a wrestler's body is is wasted space, Mm. right? Because it provides no good for them. And they want to get to the lowest possible weight class because that's where they're the strongest, right? So I don't want to have a pound of fat on my body. Mm. That would prevent me from wrestling a guy that's a pound less than me, et cetera. So he's making this, he's just saying that every athlete exercises self-control all in all things. And he's telling us as Christians, we should be like that as well. And then he goes on, verse 26. So I do not run aimlessly. So he's just not out taking a jog. He's doing it purposefully. I do not box as one beating the air. That's I'm not just shadow boxing here. Mm-hmm. I'm really fighting. But then verse 27. But I discipline, and this is how the ESV translates it, and I actually don't like this translation very well, but they put a little number there, and so I'll, I'll, I'll read what it really says. So, But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Mm-hmm. There's a little asterisk down there, and you go down, and this is what the Greek actually says. I pummel my body and make it a slave. Yeah. I pummel my body and make it a slave. Mm-hmm. So, or uh, the, the translation I remember, I beat my body and mm-hmm. make it a slave. I bring, it, I bring my, bo- my physical body under subjection. Mm-hmm. So if an ascetic was hearing that, they'd be like, yeah. You know, a stoic philosopher, they'd be like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what you should do. And now here we are, 21st century, Far more decadent, yeah. far more indulgent, mm-hmm. far more overweight than Greco-Romans were. Majority culture. One of the things that's interesting, if you Google like, like beaches 1960s, you look at them and everybody looks relatively fit. Yeah. I mean, they might be 10, 10, 15 pounds overweight, something like that. But if you go to the beach today... You're talking the average person is 40 to 50 pounds overweight, yeah. right? We are in a, our society is probably the most decadent, mm-hmm. indulgent in, in history. I've fallen asleep. Okay. So in the midst of this society, many Christians are saying things like, God doesn't care about your weight. God doesn't care about what you eat. God doesn't care about if you work out or not. They're saying Christian Christianity is different than asceticism, right? So I would say there's many pastors out there who by their look, just being fat, just being mm-hmm. overweight, they're telling their congregants that God doesn't care about these things, yeah. okay? Now, but, not, but not what they say about how they look, yeah, right? Well, they might, yeah, right, by how they look or by how they... You know. Well, typically it comes out of what they say, which is yeah. what they believe, which is they believe, that ah, it doesn't matter. My body doesn't really matter. God doesn't care. Yeah. All right. Now, I think they're wrong, and I, I think it's a sin, and I think Paul makes it pretty clear that we're to have self-control in all things. 
And so if they're not having self self control with the donuts or self control yep. at the buffet or what or Paul says here, I I'm pummeling my body to make it yep. my slave. That's good. Right? And he he's of course speaking to his passions. Mm. He's speaking about his sexual desires mm-hmm. and these desires, but he's saying, I pummel my body. So there's also there's something connected. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you develop discipline in one area of your life, it often has residual effects mm-hmm. into, into other areas of your life. So just a little pushback here, yeah. right? Maybe a listener is probably like, well, everybody's not going to be like Jocko Wilkins. They're going to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. They're going to work out hard. They're going to eat paleo. They're going to do all these different things. But maybe they're just healthy. Maybe they're not as fit as that guy, and they still have good regular rhythms, yeah. but they're not... They don't walk around a six pack. Yeah. So what, uh, uh, so what I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, so asceticism, this is what I'm talking about. Aesthetics are different. Okay. Aesthetics is how you look. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking about bodybuilding necessarily. I'm not talking about having six pack abs, right? I'm talking about, um, healthy rhythms. Well, yes, but it, <laughs> I think <clears throat> most people's understanding of health, if I, mm. there's people that have sit in my office that have been a hundred pounds overweight and they tell me they're healthy. Mm. So I think our understanding of what healthy is is completely. I mean, it's just it's from our culture. It's what yeah. what our culture what they see. Yeah, what our culture is pushing mm-hmm. in on us, mm. right? When in the history of the world, you know, only the wealthiest of the wealthies could actually even be a hundred pounds overweight. Yeah, right, because they weren't out in the field working. They weren't doing backbreaking labor. They were sitting around their house, you know, being served, mm-hmm. right. So I'm saying that I think the Bible gives us, one, a theology of the body Mm -hmm. that says we're made in the image of God, we're to glorify God with our bodies, that I'm I'm saying, so so that teaches us something. There's a doctrine of creation, right, and and a sacred order of things that shows us if you sit around eating food, doing nothing, you get overweight, you get unhealthy, and it, and it brings about uh, chaos into your life, right? Yeah. All kind of heart disease, all kind of different things. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but it lowers a male's testosterone. It, it brings on greater feelings of depression and despondency. Mm-hmm. It, the, the rate of suicide goes through the roof. God's built the world in such a way that if, and he's built the world in such a way, when you go out and work out or you, um, you sprint or you run or you lift weights or you do jujitsu or you do these things, you get a burst of endorphins, right, in yeah. your body, and it makes you feel almost high, right? Mm-hmm. So the same feeling you get from taking a drink of alcohol or, um, or even some some drugs, your body produces that naturally yeah. if you use it in the way that God meant for it to be used, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of these things that are testifying to the reality that that we should have a strenuous life. Yeah, we should be working out. We should be, I say working out now, but I don't really mean working out. So if, if you are, if you're building a house, I'm not saying that guy needs to go to the gym, sure. right? He has a strenuous job. Yeah. He has a physical job, right? I might mean you need to go, well, now the big thing is 10,000 steps. Like, right, if you walk five miles a day, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be, you know. A lot fitter than a person lot- sits at the, the desk all day <laughs> yes. and does right. nothing. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. So I'm bringing this up because one, I think many churches think 
that it's it's a non-issue or it's a neutral issue or it doesn't really matter. And then the pastor is often overweight, yeah. right? He's up there, he's overweight. Um, and he's preaching from the pulpit for people to have self-control. <laughs> yeah. Right? Sure. And I, I would just think that, you know, I know because I've had this happen to me, you know, I'm sitting there going, uh, hmm. like I, I had a, a pastor one time who was so overweight, he had to use a wheelchair mm. and he was preaching against smoking mm. from the, from the stage, railing against smoking and lack of self-control and all of, and I was just sitting there going, bro, like, you are gino. You look like Jabba the Hutt up there. Like, what? What are you talking about? How, yeah, yeah, how yeah. in the world can you judge anybody when you're that overweight? Mm-hmm. Like it, right? Now, here's where where things get really interesting for me. There's this because we live in such a decadent society, and a donut is amazing. And then your fourth donut, how's that taste? Yeah. Not so good. Shame. Not as good. Not as good, right? Yeah. Like, and you get shame. <laughs> and you get shame on top of it, right? So, listen, that's what I mean. God's built the world. Yeah. A piece of chocolate, yes. Right. Right? But it could be a form of torture to make you sit down and eat six candy bars. Right. Right? Like, all of a sudden, it's yeah. like, oh, no. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Well, everything is built like that. That's the way God mm-hmm. has built us. So, a little bit of alcohol... Sure, great, good. Yeah. And then you that third that third cup, that third glass, whatever that thing mm-hmm. is, that third beer, all of a sudden now the effect, you know, now you're doing more damage than you are mm-hmm. positive good, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sexuality is the same way. Yeah. So God gives us a beauty of sexuality in our own in our marriage it, with our with our husband and wife and it, it's beautiful. But then you start getting into anything outside of that it starts being really destructive. Mm-hmm. This is true for anyone, not just for Christians. This yeah. is the way God made us. The more mm. sexual partners you have, the less happier you will become. The yeah. more, the higher rates of depression. Mm. So now here, here's what, here's what I'm what I'm getting to. There's a movement around the world, and specifically the Western world and in in America, where people are waking up to this reality. They're not Christians. Mm. They're liberals. They're they don't understand God, but they're realizing you know what? I actually feel better when I wake up and I take an ice bath in the morning. Mm-hmm. I actually feel better when I go work out at the gym for an hour. Yeah. I actually feel better when I don't have sex for a month. So yeah. they're like, people are, 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 are doing, like guys who are promiscuous, girls that are promiscuous, they're taking like the month of November and they're not having sexual intercourse mm-hmm. with, their, with, their, with their significant others. Yeah. They're... You see these guys, like you've already mentioned one, Jocko Willink. Mm-hmm. You see Joe Rogan. You see David Goggins. You see Andrew Huberman. What they call, some people call uh, the manosphere online that are calling men back to asceticism, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, back yeah. to this ancient philosophy of stoicism and asceticism and doing hard things. Mm-hmm. Like, go on the carnivore diet. Mm-hmm. Stop eating carbs. Mm-hmm. Stop eating bread. Stop eating candy. Yeah. You know, don't eat things, you know, out of a bag that you that you get from a clown head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, care about what you put in your body. Mm-hmm. And many men 
and I think there's there's ladies too, they're finding discipline in that. Mm. They're finding self-control in that. They're finding yeah. a power over their own body. Like Paul talks about here, mm-hmm. I discipline my body or I pummel my wrestle, I pummel my body to keep it under control. They're realizing my desires have been out of control. Yeah. And when my desires are out of control, I'm drunk, fat, porn addicted, mm-hmm. lazy, and literally I'm at the whim of any advertiser. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, it's, it's more like they're starting to see that there's, there's no fulfillment there. Yeah. Right. right. I can get so many bodies from a, a sexual experience and, you know, oh, yeah, I might be great at it, but it's just like, what is it really fulfilling? Mm-hmm. You know, you get so many al- so much alcohol in your body. What is that actually fulfilled? It's, it's a hangover the next day. Yeah, they're they're like, finding it, it, out how God yeah. has really coded the whole creation that he has given to us, which is that a, a little can be enjoyed and actually you can get uh, the joy out of it, but yeah. then you begin to go more and more and more and you less and less and less. Yes. Is what you were referring to earlier. Yeah. So this is just God's common grace, you know, yes. mm. God's common grace. And they, people call it the law of diminishing returns. Yes. Mm. So if you're an alcoholic, an alcoholic is constantly chasing the feeling he gets when he takes his first drink. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. But you know your second drink is not as good. Your mm-hmm. third drink is the worst, you know, and then you wake up like you said. Yeah. Well, every, everything has that except for God. God mm-hmm. is the only one that has no law of diminishing returns, and uh, <laughs> our enjoyment in God has no law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. The more Get as you, much as you want. Yeah, and, and it's always <laughs> yeah. from one degree of glory to the next. You know? Yeah, that's good. Okay? So <clears throat> here's where these two things come together. Young men that are being raised in this environment, they're being raised really soft mm-hmm. and they're sure. at the mercy. And I may, I could say some girls too, you know, but they're at the mercy of the culture because if you're soft and you don't have discipline, then whatever you see on social media, you're probably going to do whatever mm-hmm. a person asks you to do. You're probably going to do. Yeah. You don't have any discipline. You don't have any self-control. And let's be honest. You just have too much energy. So then you're getting in all type of reckless things yeah. because when you have no schedule, you have no discipline, but then, um, your schedule is ruling you instead of you ruling your yes. schedule. Yes. And so let's just say you're scrolling the internet and boom, a pop-up, some yeah. kind of sexual pop-up. If you are ruled by your desires, mm-hmm. you will click on it. Yeah. Like you don't, self-control is not something that God gives you through just through prayer mm-hmm. or that it's just like drops down out of heaven. Self-control is a muscle that is developed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you haven't developed that muscle, you won't be able to say mm-hmm. no to that thing. Yeah. Right. And so men are discovering that it's this, you call it the rise of the manosphere or whatever. They're just rediscovering, I was built, you know, and they have many evolutionary, you know, under, you know evolutionary ideas behind this, mm-hmm. which are all lies. But so they wouldn't say I was built. They would say I've evolved, you know, mm-hmm. to become this. I'm a hunter gatherer and I'm meant to go out there and do all these things. But they're getting to something that God wrote in the code of the universe or God wrote into yeah. into things. Mm-hmm. So my thought process here is that person comes to church and then sees by and large Mm. an overweight soft looking man preaching to him Mm. right what's wrong with this picture Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. this picture yeah they've in a sense reclaimed 
I'd say a thread of God's plan, right? The the ascetic. And so they're, they're like, no, this is in in a sense they're like this is this is what I'm built for. This is what men are supposed to be. And then they go somewhere that's tasked with teaching men, this is what you're supposed to be. Teaching women, this is what you're called to be, right? And then to see that, you know, the the chubby pastor preaching self-control and going, "Wait a minute." So it's kind of uh it it creates a an image of hypocrisy, right? Just like you were saying with your pastor in your past. I think what's scariest too is like when you really think about it, is does that pastor look any different from the world? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. when you're on TV, you see a lot of these feminine men, feminine voices, all these different things. And when you're going into a place that's supposed to be preaching the God, preaching God's word, um, mm-hmm. you, you look no different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously I'm not saying, again, I'm going to have to clarify. I'm not saying, I'm going to use a manosphere word here, that this guy needs to be a giga-chad. And a giga-chad is <laughs> a dude who's just yoked out of his mind, huge beard, huge chin. You know, look, he looks like he spent six hours in the gym every day. Why are you talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah that, maybe that was you when you were a sophomore in high school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not again. I don't want people to hear what I'm not saying. Mm, sure. But there needs so we need to. I want to be inspiring the next generation of young men to, you know, develop discipline mm-hmm. and develop self control, and part of that has to do with how you use the body that God gave you. Yeah. So yeah, I think we I think this is important because we are living in I'm going to throw out a you know kind of a fancy word neo neo gnostic world. Okay. So gnosticism mm-hmm. is a, an idea that's sure. come really that came out. We were even they were even seeing it within the first century, even after a little bit after Jesus Christ, and probably was already seeds of that. But it's the idea that the body doesn't matter and only the spirit matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say neo-Gnosticism, we're in a day now where our very transgenderism and this whole idea of mm. it doesn't matter what you were born physically, it's yeah. whatever you think you are internally, whatever you think you are in your own spirit, you know, in a sense, is if you're a male or female. So, so we actually live in a culture that is kind of rejecting, in one sense, is rejecting the body. And as Christians, we've got to be careful of that because Christ came in a body. Yep. He came incarnated to incarnated in order to show the uh, the inherent goodness. Yeah, the inherent. Thank you, inherent goodness of the body. Not only that, but he died in a body, and he was raised in a body, and he has a body now. So obviously, from from the God's economy of who we are as human beings, the body is important. And, if, and, and unfortunately, I think what we are seeing in our day is, this is kind of contrary to what you're seeing in this manosphere as you're talking about, that we have perhaps, uh, as Christians, not been, been careful enough to communicate the fact that actually, no, our bodies are very important and God does care about our bodies. Mm-hmm. So we, we raise up a generation who thinks, hey, body's not that important. A pastor who says, yeah, it's not that important. What, what really matters is that you're saved and that you know Jesus Christ and you go to heaven and that's what matters. And of course, that's what matters, but there's more to this than just simply our spirit. And so, you know, it's possible that we have raised the generation that thinks, yeah, it doesn't matter what you do with your bodies. And now we're discovering oh, yes, it does matter what you do. Yeah. And so we have now men who are lost, and they are discovering something that God does care about our bodies, and so they're, they're, 
they're finding something, but then they come into a church that says nothing about asceticism, says nothing about what you do with your body is all that important beyond, yeah, you need to be moral, but, you know, we all know, you know, you can eat whatever you want, kind of a, kind of a feel to it. So I think, yeah, I think this is kind of the culture that we have, we have, unfortunately, as Christians, maybe have not spoken enough about in mm. terms of our theology of the sure. body. So, so question, so like what would that look like for a pastor to, to preach on something like that? Because it's not like you're just going to build a sermon series around something like this. Um, so what would, that, what would that look like for a pastor to speak on things like this more often? Yeah. Well, before he preaches on it, he should know it, understand it, believe it, repent for his failures, mm-hmm. right? He should be leading the way by his actions. Mm-hmm. So he should be watching what he eats. He should be using self-control with what he drinks. He should be using self-control to, to work out or to go walking or to have some kind of physical, mm-hmm. physical job, you know, mm-hmm. like a physical, you know, physical labor. Mm-hmm. He should be practicing what he preaches, Yeah, you know? Um, obviously, we don't, we don't, you go, well, Jesus didn't work out. He was a carpenter. <laughs> yeah. How do you think? <laughs> Two by four. Did he walk, you know, did he did he pull up to Lowe's in his pickup truck? Like, if he was a carpenter, that meant he had to go chop down trees. Yeah. And he had to, you know, use that, lo- that, that lumber and mill that lumber or whatever way he did it, milled that lumber, and then he had to use tools and he had to carry it and he had to put it together. That means Jesus had calluses on his hands. Jesus had a strong back. Jesus was a masculine man, and he obviously walked everywhere he yeah, went. Right. Mm. So that alone is, is Jesus was more fit than we are, you know, yeah. probably yeah. walking yeah. everywhere he goes. So yeah, Jesus was like that. And, um, and I, so I think, I think the, this, the pastor should be living this life because God's given us a body. We're to take care of that body. We're to honor God with that body. We're to glorify God with that body. We should be concerned about what we put into it, et cetera. Um, and then also, let me just say also, Jonathan Edwards, Jonathan Edwards is a unique, one, he's the, probably the most prominent American theologian in the history of the church. And he made all of these resolutions in his mm-hmm. journals. And one of the things that he did, because he studied something like eight to 12 hours a day, and he studied and writing sermons, he would often take walks in the woods. He would often, uh, but he, he, he meticulously uh, wrote down what he ate mm. And then how he felt after what he ate. <laughs> so he learned <laughs> that, and I'm just now I'm making this part up because I can't remember the exact details, but he learned like, if I eat that, that, and this is literally what he said, that makes me groggy. That makes me like my, my head was cloudy. I couldn't focus that afternoon. <laughs> right. So for us, you know, you go and get a burger, you go and get a burger for lunch and, and then you're, you're, you know, I mean, you're probably not going to be you're a little sleepy. Yeah, you're not going to be, you know, if you get a burger and a beer for lunch, yeah. you're probably not going to be doing great study at two Whoa. o'clock, right? Yeah. So, you know, and I have found that to be the case for me. So, like, when I oftentimes when I preach, I will either preach fasted or I will eat very little before mm-hmm. I preach. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a shake for breakfast every single day of my life, except maybe if I go to, with donuts with dad with my kids, because I want to be. My mornings, I need to be very, my, all my mornings are study, writing, that kind of stuff that I need to be very mentally sharp. Mm-hmm. And so I have very few carbs. I have some coffee and 
I want to be really focused. Then I go and after I get that study done, I go and work out. I get some kind of strenuous exercise in. And then I eat lunch, which is usually like leftovers from the night before, you know, whole foods yeah. and potatoes and vegetables and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> meat, meat, potatoes, vegetables, that kind of stuff. And then guess what? By two o'clock most of the time, uh, which is right when we're recording this podcast. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not tip top. My, my. I'm not as mentally acute as I was earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. I feel a little groggy. I often tell you guys, like, oh man, I'm. I don't know if I got it today. Yeah. Uh, and I used to drink a coffee about that time, and that would help me. But now, um, I I found that if I drink a coffee, I'll be waking up at two, three in the morning, and that so I can't have any. I can't have afternoon ca- caffeine anymore. Yeah. But Jonathan Edwards, a man of God kept track of his of his what he was eating and how it affected him physically yeah because he wanted to uh redeem the time because the days are evil that's mm-hmm. what the bible says right i want to make the most use of my life yeah, yeah. and so i know if i eat that food i'm going to feel like crap all afternoon and yeah. i'm not going to be productive i'm going to yeah. have to lay on the couch now maybe that's what the sabbath is for there's obviously days and times where you, mm. that's what thanksgiving is for mm. you know but again we're the such indulgent people that we do it. We could do it every single day. So let me let me. Do we have time for this? You can tell me if we don't. But um, my con, my thought is that probably most people who are listening to this aren't pastors. And then the few pastors that were listening to us that were fat probably just turned it off. So <laughs> now we're de- now we're dealing with an audience that is just simply living in an indulgent world, and admittedly so. Probably the majority of our people struggle with the fact that they never had thought about this, and so they have they have not really practice a lot of self-control in their eating habits, in their exercise. What are we saying to them? Uh, what are, how, how do we help folks who may be 60, 70 pounds overweight, and they're hearing this, and they know it, they're, str- they're, they're frustrated, they're discouraged maybe. Uh, we're, I, I don't want us to come across sounding like, okay, you're judged, you're condemned. Uh, you know, what's this look like for them? And and how can they be encouraged to keep pressing on, which I think is probably the most important thing here. I think what we're saying is here is we're not talking about uh, you need to have a certain weight or anything of this nature, but we are talking about is, is self-control. It is mm-hmm. what are you doing with your body? How are you using it in a way that glorifies God? So let's help those people out for a minute, if we have time. Yeah, well, there's, I could go a lot of different directions. Sure. Um, for the most part, being overweight, is, and, 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 I, and I don't even mean just, maybe I just should say obese, okay? okay. So um, it is a self-control issue mm-hmm. because if you decrease the calories and you increase your caloric output, your body will, you will lose weight. Your, sure. That fat is energy that sure. your body will use sure. to, to, to burn it off. Okay. Um, I've had several people, I have a, a guy in my missional community in the past year, he's lost a hundred pounds, mm-hmm. right? hundred pounds in the past year. And he's, he's still losing, losing weight. So <clears throat> when, when the spirit of God says that the, one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control, this is what it means. And it's one thing to sin occasionally, right? To be tempted into sin, but it's another thing to make it a habit mm-hmm. and a habitual sin. Mm-hmm. And so you, we should see that this is a habitual sin. This is something that I am doing over and over and over, right? It's not like I've, 
uh, I just slipped up this month and ate a burger, yeah. right? It's like I'm doing this every day. So, now, if I've done this, though, for mm-hmm. 40 years, uh-huh. and all of a sudden I'm being, feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, maybe I just came to Christ, mm-hmm. feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, it, I don't, I think that's, that's tough. I mean, we're, we're talking, this isn't, so I don't know, I don't know the individual you're referring to within your own fight club, but if they've not done this for that many years, perhaps it's a little bit easier than others who are not. So I think that there is some understanding that we, there, there, so hold on. Yeah. I've slept around for 40 years and now I became a Christian. Right. Mm. Do you expect me to keep sleeping around? No, I do not expect you to keep sleeping around. Why? Because you can choose, choose not to, right? Okay. <laughs> I'm asking you. I, <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to know why we have a different category for sexual sins than we do with another sin of the flesh, which is eating, overeating. Yeah, gluttony. I mean, gluttony. we're, kinda, we're <laughs> really talking about gluttony, I think, yeah. here, as, 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 as it is. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems like that there is, a, there is at least an argument, of, a psychological argument that goes along with this. Now, I, I'm not sure if it's a... True or good argument. So I think there is a psychological argument, but that psychological argument can be applied to any other sin. And and we would not say, hey, man, I know you've slept around for 40 years, but hey, you got to stop, you know. Yeah. We would say, you got to stop today. Yeah. And then, and you know what? And we would be, and then if they messed up in a week, we'd say, hey, there's grace for you. Jesus Christ died for you. He died for this sin too. Get back on the horse and Mm -hmm. let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So that's probably what we need to be saying to our folks is, is that you do need to lose weight. You are gluttonous in the way that you're you're using your body and that needs to start today now i realize you know it's gonna be hard 40 years of doing it one way mm-hmm. you know it, yeah next week you may flo- blow, blow it but god that's this is where i think where the gospel comes in is reminding them that you are not condemned in christ in the sense that christ has been everything you should have mm-hmm. been you should christ was not gluttonous in any way he did have self-control all the time, mm-hmm. uh, although tempted, unlike more than us in, yeah. in, in all of these things, and yet we can come back to him. And, and so he, and he understands that temptation. Yeah. And so, yeah, continuing to remind them, but continue to press forward on, yeah, press forward on having self-control. But the more you look at it, though, I, I think, too, is, is utilize your community, right? I mean, I think we, we utilize our community for theology and all these different things, but there's a lot of people that are could be in your mission community that are pastors that whatever that are, you know, health nutritionists and all those things where they could help you where sure. it could start out from eating a burger and fries to, okay, let's, let's, let's eliminate the bun. Let's go to sweet potato fries. Yep. You know, it, it, there's different le- levels for you to continue to grow it until you get, you know, more efficient with your diet and, you know, different things like that. Yeah, so, so we should be in yeah. this together. Mm-hmm. We are, we are to be yeah. in this together. I would also say so there's there's a lot of obviously there there are economic factors and there are cultural factors Mm. um Mm -hmm. you know usually the least nutritious food is the cheapest food out there but one thing that that i think you know do i would ask a person who's consistently overweight how often do you fast Mm. in the there's this thing called the Didache, if you've ever heard of the Didache. And the Didache is like the early church writings. Right around the first century, they just wrote like common practices they had as a church, as the early church. And it's not, you know, divinely inspired, but it's really informative. And one of the practices they had was two days a week, they fasted until 3 p.m. or until like, like sundown. 
3 p.m.? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it was Sunday, and it was, was it Friday and Sunday, or was it Wednesday and Sunday? I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday and Friday, actually. It it was Wednesday and Friday, you're right, because it was the day. So it was Wednesday. I don't remember why Wednesday, uh, but it was Wednesday. They fasted till 3. Now I can't remember why. But Friday, of course, was the day that Christ was crucified. So they fasted until about 3 o'clock, which is when he he died. So they would fast two days a week. Now remember, Jesus said, when you fast. Yep. Fast like this. Yeah. Do you fast? Yeah. You know, like. It's not if you fast, it's when you it's fast. It's when you fast. <laughs> yeah. It's when you fast. So do you fast? Mm-hmm. One of the things that. I, so this is. I grew up and I didn't eat great. I had a, I ate a bunch of junk food and all this stuff. But I was always skin, skinny because I always worked out and everything. And I would. I didn't even care about food. I would forget to eat. And then I would get really sick because I'd get so hungry. And like, it was bad news. But the last few years where you know, I've been over 40, I'm 43 now, and I, every year now between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I've, I put on about 10 pounds, and it's all fat, all fat right around my midsection, you know what I mean, like, like most men carry it. And, and then basically from, from New Year until, you know, the next few months, I usually, I, I've, I've got back down to, to my, my normal weight. But one of the things that I practiced or began to practice was, I actually don't have to eat three meals a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, you, that's a lie. Like mm-hmm. you just that's not real. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you for me, if I uh, if I just skip breakfast, I'll get really hungry in my stomach. But if I have a just a cup of black coffee, I, I I'll be fine till lunch. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'll be fine mm-hmm. till lunch, you know? And so one of the things I did was I realized when I'm going somewhere, like this is how usually a kid's baseball game, kid's basketball game, kid's wrestling meet, and it's over dinner time or it's at lunchtime, and you know there's nothing there but garbage, mm-hmm. hot dogs and nachos, just don't eat. Mm-hmm. But I'm missing lunch. Yep. <laughs> just don't eat. Yeah. Like just literally just fast that, just fast that meal. Mm-hmm. So and I, and I, I, to me, that's, that's better than eating something that's going to make me feel like crap Two hours later, I'm not going to yeah. be able to work out. I'm not yeah. going to do this. I'm, I just made my my situation worse. I added more empty calories to my to my life, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm not showing self control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the more too, like mm-hmm. when we look at this when this podcast come out, everybody's probably on there beginning of the year. You know, I'm eating right. I'm waking up. I'm going to the gym. All the different things, which are great, which are great things, which we should we should uh, probably stick to. Um, but at the same time, like I think we need to remember that uh, um, the more we we dive into that. Um, to be cautious of some of our comforts because a lot of times when we fall into our comforts, um, when something's going on or you're stressed out at work, we fall into the comforts of overdrinking and then overeating and there's always snacks next to the bed. Yeah, it's self-medicating. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's self-medicating. So we feel insignificant, we feel insecure, we're afraid, yeah. we're worried, we're stressed, mm-hmm. we're anxious, and so we go to our idol. Yeah, yeah. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We go to our idol. And so, um, first of all, I, I want to clarify something, too. I, I want to say, uh, I don't want, there's no need to judge. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not trying to judge anybody. Yeah. But here's the deal. The scale is the judge. Mm-hmm. Or if you go get a fat test, yeah. the fat test is the judge. Mm-hmm. Right? We know what is healthy and what's unhealthy. Yeah. And so, this is not saying you're, you're a bad person or you're, mm-hmm. you're lazy or you're this. 
the way, like, I wouldn't know if you have a porn addiction. Yeah. I wouldn't know if you're looking at porn every single day. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But God built the world in such a way mm-hmm. that if you're overindulging with, with food, you can see it. Yeah. Right. You yeah. can see it. And again, I want to clarify, I'm not talking about being a muscle head. I'm not talking about having six pack abs. I'm not talking about being a size zero or a size two for women or any of those things. Like yeah. I know, you know, and just men and women goes, you know, women are meant to carry more body fat on, mm. on their bodies mm. because they're, they're, you know, they carry babies they're, no. they're just, and they're, they're, and it regulates their hormones and all different things. Yeah. So yes, I acknowledge you can fall off the horse on both sides. Mm-hmm. You can be narcissist who stares at himself in the mirror <laughs> all sing, all day long and he can't stop flexing. Yeah. And he, right. You can be that you can be, you can have an e- eating disorder and be anorexic, you can you can fall off the, the side on that mm-hmm. on that side of things. Yeah. But you can also fa- fall off the side of, of just not having self control. And mm-hmm. I think we need to lean into this. We need to be disciplined people. Yeah. So I think Christians should be the hardest working people. I think Christians yeah. should be the the people that want to glorify God with their bodies. And there's there's statistics out there that that tell you if you do some of these hard things like. I think that it was like like sauna. If you if you just use a sauna every single day, it adds like eight years to your life. Mm-hmm. Like it's fascinating. It's like finished studies and stuff. Fascinating studies like that. I know there's studies around the ice bath, studies of people that walk, studies that people work out. It these things add years to your life. And when you think about adding years to your life, think about that adds ministry opportunities yeah. to your life. That adds minist- opportunities to be your kids' parents, yeah. to see your grandkids grow yeah. up. You know, if you're that overweight, you're probably not chasing kids around the yard. You're probably not that fun of a grandpa unless you're taking them to a store Mm -hmm. or or something. You know what I mean? But you're not walking in the woods with them. You're not, you know, taking them on hikes and playing baseball with them or whatever. But if you if you show more self-control and you ask the spirit to continue to help you develop this. You can be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good that you broke that down because there's so much, so many people that are motivational speakers, all these different things that eat scripture up like this and they utilize it for their, for their jobs to, to push people and to get people to move forward. But you give an example of Jesus and then some, some good examples for people to follow. So I think that's good. Yeah. So, so I think, um, fat pastors are kind of an oxymoron. I, I think they shouldn't be. I think, um, we should be disciplined, mm-hmm. and uh, and we should be should be hardworking warrior type of men. Yeah. You know, like we're called to 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 keep the wolf at bay, right? Yeah. We're, and and it takes strong men to do that. It takes men who are in control of their own bodies to do mm-hmm. that. You know, the Bible tells us, "Do not give your strength to women." Or the Proverbs tells, you know, Solomon tells, "Do not give your strength to women." Mm-hmm. And what he's what he's saying is that, do. If you have no self-control, any pretty girl will control you. Oh, yeah. Any pretty girl will control you. And so, men, we should be developing, and women too, we should be developing our self-control in all areas. So, All right, this might have stirred up some questions, uh, some pushback. So if you've got them, please email me, justinine at sacredcitychurch.com. Hopefully, this is a blessing to you. We love you. We're caring for you. God bless you.